I just enjoy the opening music way too much. But let's get started. Friends who have maybe not been in the loop this week, or who just want to recap because this week has been nuts. Let me tell you what's been happening. It all started with our friend Joshua Harris. Those of you who grew up in the church, especially the evangelical church, and were part of the purity culture movement of the 90s, that's the one. Yep, you're thinking of it. Okay, Joshua Harris is the author of the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye. He famously wrote it when he was 19. In this book, which I actually have to admit I haven't read, so forgive me, but I also feel like it didn't scar me, which is a plus. In this book, he stated essentially that dating isn't healthy, that we should only be courting, and that this means that we should court, which essentially is dating, but with the purpose of marriage. You can see how well that turned out because we had a whole culture and a generation of people too scared to talk to the opposite sex, Uh, a lot of people losing their virginity and being too afraid to talk about it, being addicted to porn. Look, it wasn't all connected to that book. We would never, ever want to say that. But it was a big factor in Christian culture at the time. And it's still something that a lot of late 20, 30-somethings today are still unwrapping. As it turns out, a couple of years ago, Joshua, who was a pastor, actually apologized for the book. He cut printing and he told people that he regretted some of the advice he had given. I mean, fair. He's like in his early 30s now. He wrote that stuff when he was 19. If you'd publish some of the stuff that I had written in 19, especially not about relationships, no, not a good idea. So that's a deal with Joshua Harris. But then it came out earlier this week that Joshua, one, was going through a divorce, which is just terribly sad. How many people do so many of us know who have grown up in the church? A lot of them got married young and now are experiencing a divorce. That's not me making a statement on when or if you should be married. It's just so sad. And Joshua and his ex-wife are truly just a representation of something that is so tragic in our culture. So one, he announced that he was getting a divorce and a lot of people were sympathetic. Yay, go Christians. And everyone, honestly. Let's be sympathetic to people when their life is falling apart. Then he announced via Twitter that he's no longer a Christian. That however you would define Christianity, that he would not affiliate himself with it. He said that he was essentially really happy and at peace at the moment. He thanked people for their support and love. Said he's open to things in the future, but this is where he's at right now. You can imagine the fallout that Christian media had all over that. It was like, oh my gosh, one, the dude who wrote about relationships is now not in a relationship. Two, he's not a Christian. And three, he actually also apologized in his Instagram caption, which I will link in the show notes below. He actually apologized to the LGBTQI community um, for any impact that his work or his writings or what he had taught about sexuality for any negative impact that actually had. Now, I actually have huge respect for the way he phrased his caption. It was really genuine. As someone who is loosely connected to his writing, I really respected the weight and the gravity of it and the responsibility that he took. However, we could also talk about the fact that a bunch of people let a 19-year-old write a book on dating and singleness. If you want more of those takes, go to section two. Okay. So that is Joshua Harris and the story with I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Deep breath. Part two of our story. Three days ago, Marty Sampson of Hillsong, 
formerly of Hillsong, one of the primary worship leaders, I would say, of my generation. He is now 40, but he became super well-known, I would say, late 90s, early 2000s, when he started writing bangers for Hillsong. This dude is seriously talented. I actually remember going to Hillsong Conference as a 10-year-old and seeing him on stage. He must have been early 20s at the time and having the biggest crush on him. But this guy was quintessential Hillsong. He wrote some of their biggest hits and is a brilliant musician. Now, he's been very quiet and off the radar for quite a few years. He has an Instagram presence, but didn't post a whole lot, and there wasn't a whole lot of personal detail there. It was more like, oh, cool, Marty Sampson. I'll follow him and see if anything ever happens. (laughs) Dang, did something happen. Marty posted something a few days back saying that he was losing his faith. Now, what he has posted has actually since been deleted. Marty has made quite a few posts in the last few days, and for reasons... Who knows, he's decided to delete different ones. However, you can find the statement uh, on Relevant Magazine. And Relevant Magazine posted it online. You'll find the link in our show notes below. And essentially, the Relevant Magazine article just said, this is what the dude said, this is what he did, and here you go. So we have Marty Sampson's word about losing his faith immortalized forever. Ta-da! Well, that means that we got a whole ton more airplay for Marty. And in addition to the 3,000 or so followers he had, he now has 12,000. You had the Christian Post writing to him uh, and asking him to think about how he approached deconstruction of his faith or whatever term you want to use. Marty responded back and was actually super honest in his response. I will link that below in the show notes. Fair enough. I think it's valid to talk about the fact that when all this goes on, We care if we share the same faith, if we're part of the same industry, if we share the same craft, if we are part of the same global church family, however you want to call it. There's part of it where we care and we're concerned about the impact this has on other people. There was a sense when Marty said this and when Joshua Harris said these things that it was like, well, one person termed it like a gut punch. It's like, oh man, like what, what do I do with that? People, figures in the Christian industry who held so much prominence and were cornerstones of maybe even our belief system and our faith with what they delivered to us when we were younger, what does it mean when they take that away? And especially what does it mean when they're delivering this message and telling their story so publicly now? I'm not here to give you opinions about that, just to tell you that the whole saga got even more complicated because John Cooper from Skillet uh, left a really impassioned Facebook post because he really cared, talking about the fact that the church needs to value the Bible over feelings and emotions, talking about the, I would say, the cultural issue in the church, where we put people who are really young or really young in their faith uh, in positions of power and things like that. And he asked people, you know, to really search their hearts and souls. Okay, so I saw that and I was really interested because after John posted this, he received a ton of support. I'm not saying that's a bad thing on any level, but we had a ton of Christian musicians going, yes, dude, yes, preach. Really interesting to me because I was like, wait, do any of these people know Marty? Because I can't imagine how awkward it would be to say these things and know someone or to support these things and then be like, but wait, I know this is my friend. So I went back to Marty's page and it's been really interesting watching what's going on, this whole dialogue. Because from what Marty has told us, And literally, it's just what he's posted 
we don't know any more than that. We don't need to. We don't have a right to. He's just put thoughts, quotes, things from prominent thinkers, atheists, Christians, questions that nearly all of us have in this life. He's brought them all to the forefront. And he sort of said, well, well, why? Let me think about it. Let me ask tough stuff. And he's responded to this message from John Cooper saying, how dare you put words in my mouth? You don't know me. But you know what the cool part was, is that I've been watching some of the likes and the comments. And there's quite a few people through Hillsong who have worked with him over the years who are actually commenting back because they know him. And they're like, I love you. Or like, you're my favorite songwriter. You're amazing. Um, or just liking some of his pictures. And I saw that and I thought that was such a beautiful representation of love and acceptance. I mean, don't you want that from your community or even your old community if you're not there anymore? If you're going through something and you reveal something honestly in whatever forum, whether it's hugely public or whether it's in a private forum, you want to be loved and accepted for it. So props to the crew from Hillsong for doing that. I think that's probably an individual thing and not a corporate thing. I'm not making a comment on that, but I really respect that. So that is what's happened this week. Everyone is going, oh my gosh, prominent musicians in the Christian music industry have lost their faith. What do we do? Ah, just like that. Well, what do we do? I'm going to give you my reflection in just a second and we'll see where we go from there. Lately I've been terrified of a place I don't know But that's no reason to keep me finding out wherever it goes I've seen a good side, a bad situation come out fine I've seen the dynamite reveal the best parts of my life For 20 years I was completely blind to all of my fears Life had a way That was Let Your Light Shine In by Wilderwoods, a.k.a. Bear Reinhardt and his new album, which is just awesome. I love Bear and, you know, we've already played some of his music in last week's episode, but there's always room for Bear Reinhardt in my books. Okay, part two. What the heck do we do with this crisis of faith that so many people seem to be having? Well, I think it's clear for a lot of us that this is nothing new. Marty and Joshua Harris are not the first people to have crisis of faith, to lose their faith, deconstruct it, however they would like to term it. They are not the first people to do so. They're not the first public figures to do so. And a lot of us, we've been there or we currently are there. So in terms of the shock horror of it, this is actually really normal. But I think where the shock comes in is the fact that We have a whole Christian culture built around celebrating really powerful, influential people who deliver the message of God or what we think the message of God is. I think that's fair to say. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I follow Joshua Harris's work or if I followed Marty Sampson's music closely, I would be somewhat devastated, I think, right now. Not as much as I would have been when I was younger when I wasn't able to sort of grapple with things quite as much, but I'd be devastated in the sense that I would have to unwrap a lot of the theology and the thoughts and the ideas and the preconceptions I had about these people. 
Because we all know that unless you know a person personally, like you're good friends with them, you only really have an idea of who they are, especially if you're in a public platform. We only get essentially a screenshot of a person and whatever they choose to portray over social media, whatever they give us in their songs. That's not to say those things are authentic, but we don't really know people unless we're in their inner circle. And essentially, Joshua Harris and Marty Sampson have people in their inner circle, whatever that looks like, who know what's going on for them right now. And they've chosen to share that. And that's awesome because we all deserve a safe place to share whatever we are going through. Now, for whatever reason, and honestly, it could be because these guys have been public figures and they've put a really, really strong message out there in the past, whether it be about singleness or God or evangelicalism or Pentecostalism or or praise and worship, whatever it is, these guys have been really prominent and they have put out a really strong message that could be interpreted in a really black and white way, like this is right, this is wrong, this is God, this isn't God, this is the Bible, this isn't the Bible. You get my drift. So in a sense, them actually opening up and sharing their stories, in my opinion, is maybe their way of actually balancing out their story and trying to be true to where they're at right now. I get that people are concerned about the phrasing that they use and about, I don't know, how they're talking about the Bible, how they're talking about feelings and emotions and science and things like that, how they're talking about questioning and if we do question or if we don't. I understand that and there are semantics, but I also don't think that we know the real nitty-gritty details of these guys' lives, just like we don't know the details of the person's life across from me. I mean, I could follow them on Instagram, but what does that tell me? I don't know. We, we all have some mode of authenticity on Instagram. Marty is being really honest right now. He's choosing to share what he wants, but he's being selective in it because we don't need to know everything. So for me, as much as it's important as a culture and as a church, however you want to affiliate, that we go through sentences and phrases and we look at messages like this and go, wait, what does that actually mean for my faith personally? What does this mean for the theology of the songs that we sing? What does it mean for the theology of the books that we read? We need to deconstruct that. We need to understand where we sit with it, what it means for our faith and what it means for our culture as a whole. Totally agree with that. That's why Essentially, we're recording this podcast right now, right? But if we're looking at those things and we're starting to actually, I don't know, take aim at the people saying them, I personally don't find it useful because we all know how much it hurts when people use your pain against you, your pain and your vulnerability. So as much as maybe people are speaking out of love, and I'm not saying we shouldn't speak out of love, but sometimes when we say that and we speak so directly to someone we don't know, it can come across as something that actually harms and maybe puts even more division between us and God than there was before. Look, I don't know how all of that works. I know I'm not saying there's a clear-cut way of doing it and what we should and shouldn't do. I think we're all trying to do the best that we can with our culture as it changes and with what we know to be true of the word of God and how we interpret all that. So there's no one way to do things. I'm not saying people have done the right or wrong thing here, but I think it's a lot more complicated than any one article or post or message says because this involves people and their hearts. And if we're honest, Marty Sampson or Joshua Harris could be any of us. You might be a musician, you might be an author, you might be a pastor, you might be none of the above, but some of the stuff that they're talking about right now where they are grappling with 
questions about life and heaven and hell and is God really good and science and sexuality that's all stuff that a lot of us have grappled with that we are grappling with some of them are questions that primary Christian thinkers that amazing people are still grappling with to this day it doesn't mean they don't have really strong faiths and some of them they're figuring it out and that's okay so I think it's really important that we remember in the whole chaos and I think there's probably a stronger word we could use for what's happened, but in all the chaos that's happened in the last few days, it's important we remember that for all the theology and all the semantics and the importance of addressing our culture and what needs to be changed, that there are real people involved here and that this is impacting people, not just Marty and Josh and their circle, but people like you and me who maybe have been questioning things for a long time or have felt the same way. So what did that actually mean for us? Where do we go from here? Look, we don't have to do anything in this case. We have a choice. If you're listening to this podcast, there is a very good chance you are already grappling with your faith and wrestling with it. And you are maybe exploring what the church is or what God is or what your faith looks like. Awesome. There is a space for that. The late Rachel Held Evans talked about having a seat at the table for everybody. And I love that. That's my vision for this podcast. But that's the Jesus that I know, the God that I know. And if you want to align me as a host in some way so you can decide what merit I have in giving this response, I would tell you that I probably align somewhere in the progressive Christianity section. But honestly, I just align with compassion. I love Jesus and I've done my share of wrestling and had my share of pain. So when I hear stories about other people going through pain, I sort of go, well, what do they need right now? What would the Jesus that I believe in give to them right now? And if I'm not a close friend, well, what right do I have to give something so personal to them? So you know what? In this case, I'm giving a social commentary and you can take it or leave it. And Marty and Josh can take it or leave it because they have... I hope people in their life, honestly, who they can do this with, whatever the outcome is, they get to do their life just like we do. We all get to make our decision. And, you know, it's really interesting because I feel like when this happens, people go, oh my gosh, there are two options. You're either a Christian or you lose your faith. And there's like, are we deconstructing? Are we renouncing? Wait, we're not renouncing. We're just questioning everything. We get so caught up in words. And look, if that's going to help us or you move through things, then let's use those words and let's unravel that stuff. But what if there's a third option? Just hear me out here. I'm not saying this is the way. I'm just saying this is an option. What if instead of maybe losing our faith or whatever that is, however you want to define your spirituality, or being so hardcore into Christianity and evangelicalism that we just never ask questions, we come to a middle ground where we say, let me look at the building blocks of what my life actually is and what I believe to be true about existence and reality and life and God, if I believe in God and church, if I believe in the institution of the church and what lasts the test, what when I push it and pull it and wrestle with it actually stands the test and I go, yes, I can stake my life on that. I can build my life on that. What if we take the remnants from all aspects of our life when it falls apart and we start to build again and what if that means that we actually have a third option when it comes to our faith and it means that we actually can know Jesus or know God in a completely different way from before I'm not 
fighting for a different theological perspective. Please don't think that. And please don't think that I'm saying we should believe this or not believe this. I'm just saying that in my experience and in the people I've met, I've found that there's a far vaster understanding of the Bible and theology and the character of Jesus and who Christ is than I was ever taught in my relatively conservative childhood. I found out that things like substitutionary atonement were brought in quite a few years after Christ died and rose again. I found that there are theories that we are taught at Bible colleges that are applicable but there's also a whole bunch of other theories that we now have people like Richard Rohr sharing that aren't taught in Bible college. There is a whole realm of Christian mystics and spiritual thinkers who aren't straying from the core truth of who Christ is but they're saying maybe there is more than one way to read the Bible. And look, if you disagree with that, it's fine. Please don't think I'm trying to say that you should follow that but I'm saying that there is room here that there is room in the church for us to have different beliefs and to question things and to wrestle with things. And you know what? If you're in a church or if you're in a community and you're like, I ask these questions all the time. We answer them like, or we wrestle with them. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy you found that place. That is truly magnificent that you have found a place of belonging where you can ask hard hard questions and feel grace and acceptance in that but if you were in a place where you were actually too scared to ask those questions you feel you can't or maybe you're just you feel so shameful because in our culture if we're honest there's a lot of shame that comes with asking questions like uh what about evolution or does god send people to hell it depends where we've grown up and the environment we're in and where we're at in life so we need to do whatever we need to do to ask those questions in a safe way that honors our journey and gets us to where we need to be. It may look like, hey, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. For some people, it might mean I have a spirituality. I know God. I know what this means to me. I communicate with God in my own way. Christianity isn't one size fits all. We have Christ. For me, that's the pivotal point. I'm like, great, Jesus is the son of God. That's the pivotal point of it. But you know what? Apart from that, it's semantics. I'm not going to die for those things because I'd much rather love my neighbor. And you know what? If people lose their faith and they sort of, they just reject Christianity altogether or you reject the Christian God, they have a right to do that. We all have a thinking ability to choose our own way in life. I believe God gave it to us. But you know what, if these guys or you or me choose to sort of go, well, what if there's an alternate route and what if we make it ourselves and what if I take the Bible and I test it and I try it and I go, this is what I know to be true and I live on that. And I actually think that that's where we live our most authentic, wholehearted, vulnerable life. If you want to go quote Brené Brown, I think that's where we are most effective in the, for the super spiritual term, the kingdom of God, when we're honest and we're kind to each other. So take from that what you will but I think for me moving forward after this whole week with Joshua Harris and with Marty Sampson knowing that people have been losing their faith and reconstructing it for you know millennia what I'm taking away from this week is that unless it is someone in my inner circle who has given me the utter privilege of hearing their story and their struggle then my response has to be compassion I don't diverge from what I believe to be true of the word of God and from what I believe, but I will always respond with compassion because that is how Christ would do it. 
If I have a friend approach me and they give him permission to speak into life, then I will. But at the moment, I don't. And I certainly don't in the case of Joshua Harris or Marty Sampson. Take from that what you will. That's my opinion. That's why I said you could skip it if you'd like to. But when this stuff happens, I try and rationalize what I can do with it. What does it actually mean for me? What can I do to be a good person in this case? Because I could be a really crappy person right now and troll. Or I've seen people use lyrics that Marty wrote years ago against him. like, And they're doing it to try and save his soul. But I think Marty knows those words. And so right now, I don't know if he needs those words or if he just needs the people around him to say, I love you and I'm here for the journey. That's my 50 cents worth. Give me a second. We're just going to play another song. And then I'm just going to drop a few resources with you that I think you guys might like. Don't say I'm pretty. Not like you used to. And I never admit it. I'm trying so hard for you But all of the moments are treasured In the morning you won't remember Don't know why you can keep it together Long enough to try I make big things out of little things And I watch you keep missing them You don't get why it's killing me Every time you mess this up Send myself on fire To keep us in walks Where I lose my mind Watching you ignore All the little things The little things Mean so much more And that was a song, Little Things, by Jess Malboy an amazing Australian singer. Seriously, if you are looking for Aussie talent, go look up Jessica Malboy. She is just phenomenal. Okay, last section of our impromptu bonus episode. Links, resources, want to find out more? You know, I love to link people up and I love to say, let's research more and make up our own minds. So in addition to all the articles and the things that I've quoted today and stated, which will be in the episode notes. You will also find some links in the episode notes to previous episodes of Between You and Me, which I think may be helpful in this case. We have had quite a few guests who have talked about questioning their faith, losing it, searching, trying all sorts of things and coming to a point in their journey, wherever that is. So I would love for you to go back, check out episode five with Audrey Assad. She talks about exploring nihilism and how the work of Martin Luther King Jr. essentially saved her faith and saved who she is. I would encourage you to maybe look up our episode with Johnny Crowder, which is episode, I believe, 19. And he actually talks about growing up in a completely non-Christian environment, exploring all the different faiths, spiritualities, all sorts of ideas and how he had a massive encounter with God and how he now would affiliate himself as a Christian uh, in the metal scene and his journey in that. And we also have an episode literally like two episodes ago with Brady Toops and he talks so candidly about unraveling his faith. Brady actually has a podcast called The Unraveling with Brady Troops, where he interviews prominent Christian thinkers and prominent people in society about things like creation and evolution and substitutionary atonement and, and things that 
you know, you, you need to wrestle with, but you don't know where to take them. He also has an episode where he shares his own journey of unraveling his faith, how he's reconstructed it. You would have heard a bit of it on that episode. So you will find a link to all those podcast episodes, as well as the unraveling with Brady Troops in the links below. In addition, if you are after books to read, to research more about this, go look up some amazing people. Richard Rohr, look up C.S. Lewis. And then if you want to step outside the Christian realm and look at other apologetics or look at other people, by all means, read them and then sort of go, okay, how does this all line up with what I believe and what I feel and what I've experienced and what the word of God is to me? Because honestly, a faith that isn't tested and tried isn't really a faith. It's just a thing that we hold and it's just there. So, you know, do what you have to do. And if you want to read, read. If you want to listen to music, listen to music. Any of those artists that I just listed actually also explore the nation of faith in their music. And it's beautiful and it's, and it's nuanced and it's heavy and it's light and it's great. So check it out. And if this week is going to show us anything, it's that, you know what? We're allowed to ask tough questions. God's big enough for it. I believe God's big enough for it. I've wrestled with him a lot. I'm still wrestling with him about things and that's okay. He loves me. He wants me to wrestle with it. He wants me to know him. And for me, that's how I get to know God better. So wherever you're at and whatever this week leaves you feeling, I would just love you to know that you're not alone in the journey, that you're accepted wherever you are at um, and that what you're feeling is valid right now. However, this makes you feel in your gut, totally valid. You are heard and you are seen and I would love you to know that you are in control of this journey of your faith. You can navigate it and you are allowed to ask questions. I hope that you find a home in the music of some of the artists that I've linked you today. And if you would like more info, want to hit us up, please do. We're at Between You Me Pod on Instagram. Shoot us a message if you'd like. And we would love to know your feedback on this episode. We're totally not going to be arguing. There's none of that. No, we're just here to talk about this and say, how does this impact us and how can we move forward? I hope and I think that we've done that today. So I want to thank you for joining me for this impromptu bonus episode, for listening to some of my favorite music with me. And I will see you guys next Friday. We have a very special episode with Nashville singer-songwriter Hale, and I can't wait to share it with you. Until then, my name is Jessica Morris, and thank you for wrestling with me. I will see you soon. You are not hidden There's never been a moment You were forgotten You are not hopeless Though you have been broken Your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath covered 
I'll be your shelter, I'll be your armor 